right, welcome to episode number 550. Woohoo! <laughs> the Canadian Prepper Podcast, I recorded January 12th, 2020. Uh, my name's Eric. I'm the host of the show. I'm based in southern Ontario. I'm a hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, VE3 EPN, and computer geek. I uh, got into preparedness when I was working frontline emergency services and witnessed an over-reliance on emergency services during major events such as ice storms, power outages, etc. I started a small preparedness company to help people get prepared and be able to better look after themselves for at least 72 hours, if not longer. My name's Alan. I'm uh, completely lost on my introduction. My friends and family call me a safety nerd. My background as a first responder has focused my mind on safety first and foremost. I teach first aid, coach my family and friends to be better prepared. I'm a locksmith by trade. I've worked in the physical security industry for more than 20 years now. Hey, my name is Tyler. I'm broadcasting from my five-acre homestead here in northwestern Wisconsin, USA. Since purchasing my first house, I have been working to turn my property into a self-sufficient homestead with an emphasis on preparedness. Hey, if you want to help uh, support the show and uh, keep the Canadian Prepper Podcast on the air, you can buy a Canadian Prepper Podcast t-shirt at our website at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, all the proceeds go to help keep the lights on in the back of Generator Fueled. And if you're enjoying yeah, your show, please take a few back. minutes and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Canadian Prepper Podcast. Uh, submit a, re a review on iTunes as well. Uh, we want your feedback, good and bad, or let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover. Uh, shoot us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. And we've got some uh, well-preserved content for you in this episode. <laughs> the jokes just continue, 50 and counting. Uh, we're going to start off with some preparedness-related news articles. Uh, next, we're going to let you know how we've improved our preparedness since our last episode. Then we're going to get into the main topic for this episode, long-term storage of valuables and firearms. So let's move into some news. Uh, it's been a rough weekend in southern Ontario for uh, significant rainfalls, records, record uh, rainfall throughout uh, uh, southwestern Ontario, mm -hmm. uh, which was then immediately followed by um, freezing temperatures, snow, and ice. So that was uh, it's been a been an interesting few days around here. It sure has. Uh, my links to the to the weather network. Yeah, uh, I'll cover off Ian, who is uh, stuck traveling. Unfortunately, uh, he is. Um, making note of a new strain of coronavirus, which is similar to the SARS uh, uh, SARS virus that hit us uh, 15, 18 years ago. Is that uh, long ago? Popped out in the, SARS, SARS stock was 2003. That's another get drunk and tell stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this strain has uh, found its way through the masses in China, which is a uh, pneumonia-like virus. Um, Pneumonia-like virus, uh, which is uh, kind of a contradiction in terms, but it means that um, it's something else that we have to watch out for, especially with all of our uh, stuff coming from China. So make sure you wash all of your fruits and vegetables really well and take all the generalized precautions. Go back to our episode on hygiene to, to, to think about uh, or to keep that fresh in your mind about what to do. Mm -hmm. um, Ian's also complaining about snow in Vancouver because he's, you know, pampered and from the west so they got a couple of flakes of snow <laughs> they got a couple of flakes of snow <laughs> and as a result airports are closed the ferries are canceled uh and basically what that means is that if you live on vancouver island uh, and you aren't self-sustained for a few days you're gonna start they're gonna start to run out because everything gets delivered by ferry and mm -hmm. with the ferries the food goes away right 
Yeah, I know a lot of the central United States and even some southern states have been getting hit with snow and ice too. And it's just those townships and stuff, municipalities, they're not set up to handle the snow. So everyone just loses their minds as soon as the roads are covered in a little dusting. Yeah. I was I was in Vancouver nearly 30 years ago now. It wasn't quite that long, close to 25, 25 years ago. And it was about this time of year and the snow hadn't even started accumulating on the ground but it was just getting kind of slushy mm -hmm. and people were just abandoning their cars in the street <laughs> and like running around, running around as though the world was coming to an end. Yeah. And like, I almost did up my jacket. It was that kind of cold, mm -hmm. but the, the, the Vancouver rates were just, just absolutely lost as to what to do when all this white stuff was coming, coming right. down. It's comical when you're somebody who's grown up with snow and knows how to deal with it. But for those people who don't don't live in those conditions, it, it's kind of comical for the rest it, of us. It's uh, it's yeah. it's funny, but I, you know, at, at the same time, when the temperature gets up over about uh, what 20, 30 degrees Celsius or what ninety five Fahrenheit, mm -hmm. I start I start to melt. Yeah. And to to, to, <laughs> to the people that live in those climates, that's just you know, that's just getting started. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I've got a news article here for uh, those of you who are listening and uh, reside in the province of Ontario. I'm sure you were either woken up or, or alerted today at about, uh, what, 7.30-ish this morning a.m. Uh, to a uh, alert that read, uh, this is a province of Ontario emergency bulletin which applies to people within 10 kilometers of the Pickering Nuclear Generating Station. An incident was reported at the Pickering Nuclear Generating Station, there has been no abnormal release of radioactivity from the station and emergency staff are responding to the situation. People near the Pickering Nuclear Generating Station do not need to take any protective action at this time. Uh, remain uh, tuned to local media for further information and instructions. So that came out at uh, about 7.28 this morning. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely got a lot of the groups uh, that I'm in chatting and chit-chatting oh, and yeah. talking. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of chatter on uh, on Facebook and WhatsApp and uh, some of the Telegram groups and such. Um, and then about, uh, I think one person timed it out. 106 minutes later, there was a follow-up message uh, that read basically, uh, "Oops, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> didn't um, didn't didn't mean to uh, didn't mean to alarm anyone. Uh, it, it read, uh, "There's no active nuclear situation taking place at the Pickering Nuclear Generating Station. Uh, the previous alert was issued in error. There is no danger to the public or environment. No further action is required." Hmm. Uh, so yeah. So on my phone, it came in at seven. The first alert came in at seven twenty-three. The second one came out at nine eleven. So not quite two hours later. Yeah. So. Interesting to say the least, but uh, there was a, a National Post article written up um, in regards to it uh, that basically talks about how you're on your own. If something like that happens, um, you need to be able to, you know, survive on your own for at least that 72-hour period because uh, the government's got something a little bit bigger to worry about, um, mm -hmm. either getting out themselves or, um, you know, the, the leaking nuclear plant. So <laughs> yeah, we're not exactly the first ones that they're going to be worrying about. Yeah, no, they're, uh, they're, they're the biggest <laughs> lie ever told is I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't, they don't care about you and me. They care about how is this going to look and how many people are we going to have, are, are, are we going to have to take care of? Um, exactly. I think the, one of the first things that, popped into my mind at seven about seven twenty three and thirty seconds this morning was isn't that exactly the same thing they said about Chernobyl? 
There was a bit uh, of an emergency, yeah. but it's no big no, it's deal. Fine. Carry it's on. Fine. Don't life. worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Nothing to worry about here. Carry on. Yeah. Um, thankfully, it does seem to be that that is the case for this one, um, which is good. Uh, glad to see that the system works and the message got out there. I could have dealt with uh, a little bit of a, a sooner reply to nothing to worry about here versus a two-hour wait, but... Yeah. At least but then I also appreciate that they didn't say there's nothing to worry about 15 minutes later when there was. Yeah. So I recognize that it does take yeah. time to 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 properly investigate yeah. and decide yeah, and get the right teams to where they need to be and make the right assessments. So um, I I, ex I accept that it takes a little bit of time to do that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So uh, this article here, if you got a second to check it out, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, definitely uh, uh, worth uh, worth the read. Um, it just basically sums out that, yeah, you are going to be on your own. Are you going to get a message that something's wrong? Yeah, most likely with uh, the way everybody's connected these days, you're going to get a message saying, yeah, hey, something's going wrong. That's about all the help you're going to get. Yep. So make sure you got your stuff in order and you got a plan in place. And if you don't, maybe this little scare will uh, will bump you into uh, getting something put together. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I had a couple articles. Uh, first one I posted was a article from CNN, and uh, headline is "The U.S. Military Arsenal: Look at America's Most Significant Weaponry." So I'm guessing they uh, posted or published this article, uh, kind of to settle everyone's fears about Iran and that whole drama that's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it seems like things are starting to settle down a little bit. But uh, if, if Iran was really a threat, the desert would be glass by now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, I, I just wanted to read the first sentence uh, from this article. With almost 3 million service members, 4,800 defense sites on seven continents, and an annual, annual budget of more than $700 billion, the U.S. military is considered the world's premier fighting force. And then uh, the article goes on and, and talks about a uh, number of bombers and fighter jets and uh, all those things that, that the U.S. military has in the different branches just and the Air Force and the Navy. But uh, interesting read. I'm only going to throw it out here because because you're American, Tyler. The, <laughs> Let's hear it. The, the only the only time that Canada has ever been directly attacked was by the U.S. and we beat your asses back. <laughs> just, just saying. So you can consider yourselves the greatest military force in the world, but we won. And we, set, and we set the White House on fire twice doing it. Nice. <laughs> I think we spend the most money. That uh, you definitely spend. Can argue against that. <laughs> in in that for that particular unit of measurement, you win. That's for sure. <laughs> yep. uh, and then uh, the next two I had were were both kind of survival related articles. Um, the first one talked about a thirty year old gentleman that survived more than twenty days in sub zero temperatures after oh. his uh, cabin burned down in the remote wilderness up in Alaska. Um, so that's interesting. They had a little video snippet of the helicopter flying, circling over his cabin, and it sounds like he spent the first few nights uh, just basically out in a snow cave, and then he kind of rebuilt a little bit on top of what had burned down, and uh, he's got a big SOS kind of etched out in the snow, and uh, another interesting article to read. So. Oh, cool. Well, the and good news is that if it's literally. on fire, it's, it's, it's uh, visible. So. It's yeah, visible great. and warm, yeah. I'm sure easy to spot, spot from above when it's yeah. all burned down. Um, Absolutely. And then the final article I posted was uh, about a, a crab fishing boat that capsized off of uh, Alaskan shore a few days ago as well. Unfortunately, five of the seven crew members uh, died, but it, it kind of takes you through how the two survived. And uh, again, another good read. So Nice. That's, I've actually got that open in another tab. I'm going to read that after the show because that, uh, that is interesting. I watched, uh, I've, I've been watching 
um, deadliest catch for years. And I, I assume that this is um, same concept, but yeah, they they mentioned it, uh, deadliest catch in the article. I don't think it was specifically one of the ships, but <clears throat> same same ship, different boat. I don't know. Um, maybe there's <laughs> same concept, yeah. anyways. <laughs> All right, let's move into what we've done lately for our preps. Yeah. So for myself, uh, since the last show, I've popped in to see the, uh, the family physician there, did the annual checkup thing. I uh, got another quick appointment tomorrow just to make sure that uh, everything is all good, uh, blood uh, blood check-wise and, and results and all that. Uh, and I picked up a little Olight, so this little guy here, for a little uh, EDC. So it's been a uh, good little light just takes a triple a AAA battery and it is super bright and it's got a nice little uh, two-way clip for the people watching on youtube if you can see Perfect. so it clips nice and easy into my pocket and it's been good carrying it around the last couple of days here and so far so good nice yeah i so we, we talked a few episodes ago well i guess that was back in the what, summer early fall yep. um i had a i had a flashlight in my pocket for years and loved it and it was great and then it fell apart on me and um didn't realize how much i depend on a flashlight in my pocket until i didn't have one yeah you know yep. yeah i've got a little stream light uh, like the pen size that i carry around every day and i use that thing probably two to three times a day <clears throat> yeah, so yeah, i didn't realize how handy it was going to be till uh, i started carrying it around too and i've already used it a few times so yeah, yeah. Well, I, the one that i the one that i settled on was made by coast i found it at the lows on clearance for nine bucks or something which i figured for nine bucks it's pretty hard to say no to that and right. yeah it runs on a triple a and it's you know it, it doesn't it's not crazy bright but for everything that i need it for it's more than enough so mm -hmm. nice well, that's pretty awesome uh ian again has a note in here is he getting home pre-show no he's not thanks to nope. the, uh, thanks for the snowflakes uh the snowflakes <laughs> and the snowflakes <laughs> that's a story for another day uh, um, <laughs> But uh, Ian's been traveling and is still traveling, and so we uh, we miss you, Ian. Come yeah. back soon. Yes, please come back. <laughs> but enjoy the high heels while you're out. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not the same without you. <laughs> As for myself, uh, it's been a big week. I've got a uh, I've got a pretty major test coming up in uh, uh, on the weekend, so it's been a lot of studying and prepare and test preparation. Um, uh, fair number of emergency responses that have taken up my free time so um what i did do was set up some some amazon subscriptions to keep the uh keep the essentials that we know we're going to use stocked and just coming on a on a consistent basis so that we don't forget to go get it those are dangerously uh, handy it's you know <laughs> i it's something i only learned about kind of by accident just uh, just around christmas and yep. boy yeah dangerously handy but i you know it, for in terms of being prepared and being able to just kind of not have to think about that one thing, then it's, oh, yeah. I'm never going to run out of toilet paper again. So nope. it's, uh, <laughs> as long as, as long as the mail system doesn't shut down, we're okay. <laughs> and you get like a 5% discount for subscribing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I spent, uh, spent my weeknights this week getting caught up on paperwork and bills. Uh, nothing too exciting. Uh, the whole Iran scare got me a little excited. So I went through and topped off all my, all of my equipment and vehicles. Uh, and then went ahead and refilled all my spare uh, gas cans. So I got 20 gallons worth of gas on hand now. And then I also refilled my 20-pound propane cylinders. Uh, and then this weekend, I went through, organized the gun safe, and added a couple of motion lights inside. And those things are handy. So I thought you were going to say added a few more rifles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and while, while that may or may not be actually practical in terms of prepping, damn, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. 
<laughs> just get just pick everything out and touch it and feel yeah, it. it is. Yeah. 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 Ooh, remember this one? Yeah. Yeah. We, we might touch on that uh, during the episode here. Yeah. I think Ooh, that, that might be a good segue into the main topic of the show. I would say so. Yeah. So that uh, that being said, uh, we're talking about storage of valuables and uh, firearms in the show uh, this mm-hmm. evening. So first thing that, uh, that I've got anyways, note wise, is the storage of valuables and firearms. Fairly similar from, from my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, same kind of setup. The, the big thing that's going to cause you any kind of problems is extreme temperature fluctuation and moisture. Moisture is the big killer of things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so after... Um, after that, you know, people are looking to either steal your valuables or your firearms. So that's that's the next thing. After the climate and the moisture gets to them, if if you've looked after that, then your your next main thing to worry about is people coming in and wanting to take it from you. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. hopefully you listen to some of our other episodes in regards to uh, trying to avoid that sort of thing. But um, if they're going to they're going to get in if they want to get in, right? So reference back to fortifying the doomstead as your uh, um, as your go to point for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, uh, I've got a bunch of notes here in regards to uh, storage of firearms, but uh, we'll, we'll start off with a typical disclaimer of always follow the firearm safety rules before handling your firearm. I want to hear that you're going through the store of your guns and you've you've loaded them or you, you haven't checked them first and there happens to be a round uh, in the chamber. Yeah, you know, so, so check everything first before you do any of this kind of stuff. Um, safety, uh, safety first is always paramount, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, boss. I was cleaning it and it went off. Uh, <laughs> all right, right, right. Yeah, well... <laughs> Fingers to safety, man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as far as firearms go, uh, the first thing I've got on my list here is, is break them down, right? If you're going to be storing them for a long period of time, break them down as far as you're comfortable breaking them down. Give them a good scrub. Uh, another thing, decocking or, or um, like to keep the tension off of any of the springs. Um, I know that there's going to be some people I'm going to get flamed in emails about this for saying to do it. Some people say, no, keep it locked back. Some people say, no, let the springs completely slide out. Some say, I, I set it up and it's only half tension. Whatever you're comfortable with, whatever mm-hmm. you think is going to work best. Uh, personal preference. It's all personal preference. For myself, <laughs> I like to keep the tent off the spring, but bring the flame emails, feedback, prepperpodcast.ca. We'll, we'll take them. The, uh, uh, for, from a, from a, a metallurgy standpoint, the, the metal is going to get brittle, whether it's cocked or decocked either way. Um, yeah. The important part is to not let it stay static for... Uh, the the big danger is when it stays static. So if you cycle, even just cycle it a few times every year, every couple of years, you'll be fine. Like mm-hmm. these things are des- are not does they, we're not talking about you know delicate computer parts. We're talking about something that's designed to to go through a lot and to withstand a lot of force and a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And your springs are not it, not that delicate. No. And, and you really should be going in to show them some love every once in a while. Don't just lock them away and leave them for ever. Plus, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so once you've got them all broken down, I kind of jumped ahead there with the whole um, tension on the spring thing. Uh, but once you've got them broken down to a level that you're comfortable reassembling the mat, uh, give them a good wipe down. Uh, you know, all the little spots you, you think uh, could have gotten any kind of dirt, grime, residue on them. Wipe them down. Uh, make sure that uh, at this point too that you're wearing gloves because uh, fingerprints can leave all kinds of fun oil um, that can start breaking things down over time. Also, uh, now, do you guys uh, use any? You know, yeah. Do you use any special oil to wipe them down, or I just use like the pre-moistened kind of oil wipes? Yeah, I'll use just like Hops Number Nine. 
Okay. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my go to. Uh, again, send yep, the flame num- emails because I know some people hate it and some people love that stuff. So uh, let num- us know. Number nine, on, number nine on a uh, on a rag has kept. Uh, yeah. I've got a shotgun in my safe that has um, came out of a Canadian Forces Buffalo. It was in the survival seat in the pilot seat. Um, it was that plane was decommissioned in 1974. And there's not a speck of rust on that, and it's it's nice. had nothing but hops on it for nice. all those years. Good deal. So say what say what you want about it, but it, it works. So and then once once you've given it a good scrub down and you think it's clean, do, do it again. It's not yeah. clean yet. <laughs> so you're you're going to be taking a, a fair amount of time to do this. Uh, so give her a good scrub. Maybe go Absolutely. grab a coffee, come back, sure clean, scrub it again. Clean, yeah. Yeah, because you're, you're going to be putting it away for a while. So you want to make sure that all the grime and anything that can sit and start eating away at the, the metal or any other bits and pieces that are in the in the, in the uh, the firearm there, you want it all gone. So mm-hmm. give her a good, nice scrub. And then after that, a nice thin layer of oil just to help uh, keep any exposed metal parts uh, lubed and oiled and, and kind of help uh, combat the moisture that may or may not uh, rear its ugly head. Uh, as well, thoroughly clean the bore. Um, so give it a good scrub, maybe throw a boar snake through it again, send the hate mail. If you don't like boar snakes or some, I know some people hate them, but, uh, I, I love the things, uh, throw, uh, throw whatever it is through the board. You think it's going to get it clean. And then same thing, a nice thin layer of oil as well to help protect the board. Uh, if you've got a wood stock, um, some wax, uh, that helps prevent, um, the swelling and the cracking. So mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of quick little tips there. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think cleaning is probably the most important in terms of preserving your firearms. Um, Invest in a good cleaning kit and learn how to take your guns apart and make sure you're cleaning them often. Yeah, that's the big thing is taking them apart. A lot of people I know I talked to are kind of afraid to, to take their guns down yeah. and take them apart. Learn. Yep, it's a good okay. time to learn. It's a good yeah. way to force yep. yourself to learn. And you, yeah. and you really should know how that gun works when you're out there firing it. So. Absolutely. And, and also so that you're... Um, so that if you do need to service it, right? If something jams up because you exactly. did it that one time, um, I remember the the second time I used my SKS, which was the first gun I ever purchased. Um, it went click when it should have gone boom, and that was terrifying. Yep. Um, and then there I was at the range and looking like an idiot, having to try and take it apart and scrub it out because I'd used corrosive ammo. So yep. learn how to take your guns apart. Um, Even if you're just taking it to a field stripping uh, point, that's better than yep. not knowing how to do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And a field strip will normally get you to the point where you can at and least if you don't know how to do that, being at the range. Jump on gun nuts. Yeah. Yeah, YouTube is probably going to have a, a detailed sure. assembly video yeah. of just about, or at least they used to. Did they take all those down now? I know they were changing I, their rules. I don't think they're down if, yet. But, if not, yeah. find somebody at your local gun club or jump oh, yeah. on Canadian gun nuts and introduce yourself yeah. to somebody who has the same kind of gun mm-hmm. and learn because it's fun. And then yeah. you've got some, you, you can meet somebody else that has the same kind of gun. You guys can talk about the best way to do things. So make it a community event and have a good time doing it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And and like we've been saying, you're, you're going to learn exactly how that uh, particular firearm operates then and you'll be able to uh, strip it down and put it back together and, and give it a good clean out and mm-hmm. you learn something along the way, right? Uh, then I've got covered off here as well for ammo. So if you're storing uh, your firearm for a long period of time, chances are you're probably going to have some ammunition that you want to store as well. Uh, so just keep in mind, modern ammunition can be stored for decades. And as long as you keep uh, the moisture out and uh, don't let it get exposed to that, mm-hmm. it's going to sit, it's going to be fine. Uh, the biggest the biggest enemy to the storage of ammunition is going to be heat uh, and, and the moisture. So keep it stored in a nice, cool, dry place. 
Um, you can get containers with uh, sealing gaskets. Uh, so I'll help keep the moisture out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do know there is um, a fear, and I don't know, Alan, if uh, you're able to chime in on this in regards to a house fire, if uh, if the container is sealed and uh, and temperatures get uh, a bit higher than uh, than what is normal in a house, that uh, you're going to start getting burn off of the ammo. And there's, I know I've seen some concerns in using a, a gasketed container for that type of situation. Yeah, I mean, theoretically it could, yeah. but the reality is that if your house is that hot in the, on the inside, there's nobody inside yeah. putting the fire out. So um, yeah. I wouldn't. I I would say that's a lower concern, uh, unless you're you know unless the the risk of your house catching fire is extremely high. Uh, you know if you live in a if you live in a, an area such as you know Fort McMurray and uh, your house is prone to be bur- to burning down because you live you know in the middle of forest fire country. Uh, if that's a concern, then yeah, maybe maybe don't put it in a in a uh, in a sealed unit and maybe put it at the lowest level so that it's going to be affected the least by heat. Um, and, you know, if your house does happen to catch fire, please let your local first responders know that there is ammunition in the house because mm-hmm. that's a yeah. nasty surprise. But <laughs> uh, otherwise, it's, I mean, it, chances are good that if, if the fire, if the fire is that hot, there's nobody inside anyways. And if they are, then, well, I mean, they, we got, we got far bigger problems. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, would, I wouldn't worry about a short version of that. Good to know. Uh, and then just uh, like a small uh, desiccant uh, pack, that'll control the most uh, control the moisture. Can uh, can always help out there as well. Yeah. Yeah, and those those are available in bulk on Amazon. They're uh, yeah. they're cheap and easy. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure there's even a subscription service for it. <laughs> there probably is. Yep. <laughs> uh, another thing to think about is your storage area. So yeah, you know, breaking down your firearms, good, cleaning it out, oiling it up, all that is great. That's your first steps. But you also want to make sure that once that is all done, that your storage area is set up appropriately so that it helps um, not have that moisture or anything that's going to damage your your items, whether it be a firearm or whether it be valuables. Uh, A gun safe, for example, is probably your best option for firearms. You can get... um, some proper fire boxes for valuables as well. Uh, but those are going to help protect against moisture. That's going to be the number one killer of any of your things. Uh, for firearms, if you're looking so, for... Yep, go ahead. Um, just one kind of thing of note. If you're putting something in a fire in a fire safe, um, fire safes give off moisture. And that's that's how they that's how they keep the the temperature differential inside. It's essentially a gypsum, like a drywall, uh, which absorbs a fair amount of water. So between the two layers of metal, um, everything inside that fire safe is going to get damp unless you put a desiccant in it. So it might take it might you know the length of time that takes is going to vary, um, but especially after a fire, um, everything inside is going to be is going to be damp. So uh, anything that happens during a fire. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the, when it heats up, it gives off it gives off moisture, which uh, gives off the absorbed moisture, allows it to evaporate, which keeps the keeps the temperature uh, keeps the temperature differential under under control. Um, but it means that everything that's inside is going to have gotten moist, for lack of a better term. So keep it uh, just keep uh, keep desiccants in there, um, dehumidifier blocks, whatever. Nice, good to know. Um. As far as firearms go, uh, a silicone-treated gun sock will help protect against moisture as well. Uh, and it helps protect about dings and, and nicks and scratches. So if uh, mm-hmm. you've got something you don't want scratched up, uh, a silicone-treated gun sock, and make sure it says silicone-treated. Um, you can get ones that aren't, but the silicone-treated ones will help uh, battle the moisture. 
dehumidifier is key. Uh, so I've got a, an Evodry unit in my gun safe. Uh, it's handy, no power needed for it. I just hang it up um, just on one of the hooks. Uh, and then I check it every probably every month or so. And there's a little window on the front of it that just shows if the uh, the little beads um, are, are full and it needs to be recharged. I just take it out, plug it in. It takes about 24 hours. Uh, just applies some light heat to the device. So there's a little heater in it when you plug it in, dries everything out, and it's good to go again. Uh, cool. You can get, you can get ones that you can plug in as well if, uh, if you want to get a little fancier. But uh, I found that those have a dry uh, ones keep my safe nice and dry and uh, no uh, no problems at all. So something yeah, I've got a I got a very similar unit uh, right here actually in front of me. Uh, picked yep. it up at Menards for thirty bucks, and like you was saying, it's got the little indicator there. Yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Just plug it in for a few hours. Uh, yeah, kind of recharges. They they don't require electricity. Well, they're in the safe. Nope, something not at all. They're great. Yeah, they work very well. Yep. Um, quick question there, Eric. Is the uh, is that system available on uh, Rapid Survival? Uh, the Everdry stuff. I grabbed that off Amazon. Amazon. All right, that's the best place to get it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I think the same. As you were saying, Tyler, it was around twenty five or thirty bucks. For the yep. one I got. Yeah, I got mine right at Menards. But yeah, yeah they're awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Uh, so another thing to think about is storing your guns in, in the case, like a, a plastic case or something. That foam lining that uh, comes in a lot of the cases is going to help uh, attract moisture. So something to think about if you want to, if, if a, a case is your only option, mm-hmm. think about um, what you're putting the gun in because uh, those foam pads are just going to suck up the moisture and then draw it into uh, into your firearm. Or same thing if you're, if you're going to store your valuables in there as well. Think about that. It's going to absorb the moisture and no good things come from moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> uh, oh boy, <laughs> not that kind of podcast. Um, cardboard boxes, same thing. Uh, as soon as there's moisture in the air, they attract the moisture. They get all gross and, and moldy, and then bad things happen. Um, and then, uh, if you're storing your firearms, and, and equally so for any kind of valuables, you want to make sure they're not touching or rubbing against each other, or, or have the ability to kind of rub against each other. Um, again, same thing. You're going to uh, get dings and scratches and nicks, and and some damage to your your uh, your items. So you don't uh, certainly don't want that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and just a little general cover off here as well. And we mentioned this uh, in the the beginning of the show. Uh, make sure to take your your firearms and your valuables out every once in a while. You know they get lonely. Mm-hmm. They do. Yep. So take them out, inspect them, make sure that no rust is forming. Uh, no harm in giving them another quick wipe down on a small little uh, uh, renewal on the oil application because that stuff will eventually um, run off or, or move or dry up. So you want to make sure that you uh, you touch it up. And uh, and of course you want to assess your dehumidification. Yeah, if I could talk, your dehumidification system. Um, so those need to be recharged. Like I mentioned, that Evadry uh, system that I have, or the one similar to what Tyler has, they are—they've um, got a time on them, right? So eventually, they will be uh, used up, and they do need to be re- uh, replenished or refreshed. Uh, so just make sure that uh, you add in your your list of things to do. They just check in on your long-term storage. Don't just uh, you know set it all up, say okay, it's good, and walk away for you know two, three, four years or whatever it be. Uh, make sure you you check in and on it every once in a while because. If not, you might open up a safe uh, full of rust, whereas it wasn't rust before. So hypothetically speaking, and this is strictly hypothetical. Here we go. How how safe or how, how beneficial would it be to, say, break down your guns, field strip them, um, treat them in such a way, and then maybe seal them in PVC tubes? 
Like, would, mm. that, would that be a good idea for excluding moisture? PVC tubes. I guess it depends yeah. on how you seal them up. Yeah. So like ABS tubes, maybe with, with yeah. screw caps on the ends and a little gasket and then maybe bury them three or four feet underground. <laughs> I think we're talking about a cache, huh? Like yeah, a little well, uh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, you know, spitballing here. I just think yeah, just yeah. ideas of what, what might happen, you know? It's almost like there's a, a looming government ban coming or something. I said nothing of the sort. <laughs> you know, the... That could, I, would, I don't see why that wouldn't work. I would just want to make sure that the end caps are, are tightly sealed and no moisture is going to come in, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That'd be my main concern. Maybe double bag it and then in a dark, dirty place. Okay. <laughs> double bag, dark, dirty place. Not going there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. that, did, that did not come up the way I was supposed to. <laughs> So you, uh, you had some points there, Tyler. I think. Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we kind of touched on the on the gun safes. Um, personally speaking, that's my primary storage for firearms and ammunition. I think that's just the best way to do it. Just a side note, I would recommend that if you do have like a smaller gun cabinet as opposed to a safe, uh, screw that to a stud from inside because two guys can pick that up and carry it away. Uh, same thing to think about with your smaller, like just your handgun safes. Um, and your smaller valuable safes, uh, people can just pick those up and walk right away. The, the one I've got is almost 800 pounds empty, and we just moved it last weekend, and I can tell you that uh, two, three, four guys are not going to pick it up and carry it out of there. So um, just something to think about with your safes. Um, another note I had was uh, when purchasing firearms, consider a stainless steel barrel with a synthetic or polymer stock over like the traditional blued steel and wood stock. Uh, they tend to cost a little bit more, but uh, much easier to maintain. They're not going to rust up like that. Yep. That's a good point. But uh, another note on that, I kind of had uh, offset considerations. Another thing to think about when, uh, God forbid, you have to use that, that weapon to defend yourself. Uh, I've always heard on other podcasts something to think about. It's hard to, um, hard to stand up in front of a jury with a kind of decked out black tactical shotgun as opposed to the Woodstock, blued steel, you know, your traditional hunting shotgun. So, yeah, um, just a couple things to consider with your firearms. Yep. Um, one note ahead on ammunition is that all ammo is not created equally. So make sure you uh, make sure your firearms correctly cycle that particular brand or grain count before you're stocking up on tons of rounds. Um, certain weapons wife. are picky and they don't don't cycle certain rounds. So. Um, like we said, uh, ammo should last decades if it's stored in a cool, dark place. Um, just like your food and water preps, I suggest you label and rotate uh, your ammunition stocks. Um, good thing to do is vacuum-sealed bags or uh, even just Ziploc bags with the air squeezed out is a good way to do it. Uh, otherwise, you got like your traditional steel or plastic ammo boxes. I know the plastic ones you can pick up for like $3 at Harbor Freight. Um, anybody kind of sells them too. So that's a good way to store ammo and just keep it from getting dinged and beat up um, one of the best ways i found to exclude air from a ziploc bag is to get you know everything except the last you know quarter inch or so put a straw in there mm-hmm. uh, and submerge all of that in water and that will help get rid of all of those tiny little air pockets oh nice yeah free way to vacuum sealer at least yeah, close pretty, pretty much yep um, i think a vacuum sealer is a good investment for everybody yeah, I would agree. Yep, lots of uses. Um, we talked about the moisture absorbers. Um, I don't think I have much else. Uh, that's about yeah. it. Yeah, really, the big thing is just 
taking your time to make sure everything's cleaned up, oiled up, preserved best you can and, and checking in on it every once in a while. Don't just pack it away and forget about it. Right. And at that point, um, yeah, just have a solid plan to make sure that you, you maintain what you've cleaned up and oiled up and packed away. And cause if yeah. not, you're going to open it up in, in a couple of years to a pile of rust, but uh, as long as you check on it, it, it should in theory be all right. Yeah. Obviously firearms and ammunition are very expensive investments. So uh, it, it pays to, to keep that investment in good shape. Yep. And the same with the valuables, right? Any kind of valuables you're going to be storing, obviously they, they either mean something to you as a sentimental point of view, or they are, are valuable in a monetary sense. Yep. Uh, so it's something you're going to want to take your time uh, packing away. Don't forget where you put things as well, especially if it's like yeah. <laughs> tubes that you've, uh, you've buried somewhere, you're going to want to go back and get them eventually. That's so, right. So uh, and and have, it, have a documentation for that because it, yeah. it's really easy to say, I can't count the number of times this is well. I put it in a really safe place. Yep. Uh, which is yeah. so safe that I have no idea where it is now. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, have, have some kind of a system where you remember where you have put things. Uh, and let's see, we've got anything else. This is kind of the basics, I think, as, as far as storage goes. Uh, yeah. It's it, common sense for the most part. Maybe a couple of things you haven't thought about. Hopefully, uh, help the, uh, the listeners out with a few tips and tricks. And uh, of course, if you've got something that uh, we haven't covered off, you can fire it into feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. We'll get it on the next show as a, a little uh, catch up on topics so that uh, we can get that info out as well. Mm-hmm. So don't use it on your guns, but any of your metal, any other metal tools that you don't want to rust. WD forty, about the only thing it's good for, is uh, is excluding moisture. Um, a quick spray, it's it's cheap and easy to come by. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you've got tools uh, that you want to keep handy, um, you can do it. Um, and then five gallon pails. Like don't be don't be afraid of putting things in five gallon pails. Yep. Uh, and then uh, kind of a wraps of duct tape around the joint. It should be, um, but you know it's worth it's worth mentioning, right? Duct tape was was originally invented to seal ammo cans, and it it, oh, does, yeah. a good, it does an excellent job of that. So, mm-hmm. um, couple of wraps. So anything you put in a five gallon pail, exclude as much air as you can. Um, put some rice in there to absorb the rest of the moisture. Seal it up with duct tape, and you're good for a couple of you know good for a while. Yep. I see. Ian does have a couple of points here in the show notes. Uh, air, salt, water, bad. That's, that's what it. else can you, what else can there can there be? I mean, we just wasted the last fifty five minutes when when that was all we needed to say. Yep. <laughs> now he does have a little bit more in here, but uh, we'll leave it at air salt water pad. <laughs> We've covered off pretty much everything else. So. <laughs> so I figured that was pretty good. No, that's that's exactly that's all you really need to know. So I mean, mm-hmm. your 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 enemies are air salt and water. So overcome those, and you'll be uh, you'll be okay. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. Uh, so maybe we'll move into the podcast challenge then. Yeah. So for this episode, we've got uh, gather the items you need to protect any valuables for uh, future generations to enjoy. So take some time, gather some things, and, and maybe even if you've been meaning to, to pack a few things away for uh, some long-term storage, get on it and, and start packing it away. And then uh, let us know what you did and what worked out and maybe what didn't and uh, flip an email into feedback at prepperpodcast.ca and then we will let everybody else know what uh, did or did not work for you. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it's, it's really easy to uh, to get super fancy with, you know, a TL, TL30 by, or TLTX30 by 6 safe, which is, you know, tool and torch 
rated for 30 minute resistance on all six sides of your can of, of the box which is you know it's probably one of the higher ratings that's out there uh not you know that 800 pound safe is great but i also know um that if i if i find a safe in a house that that's where the valuables are right uh, yeah you can you can deter somebody by by putting a safe there and then leaving your real valuable somewhere else. Misdirection is the easy way to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, I I, I couldn't begin to tell you the number of old, you know, the, the number of grandmothers' houses that I've been in, where you know you go you go to change the locks after you know when when grandma's passed on and um, the family's getting ready to sell the house and they go. We knew she all. She always had cash, but we never knew where it was. Oh. And then you go to the you go to the pantry and you find a thirty year old box of crackers, um, yep. that, and, and that's and that's where the cash was actually hidden. So um, things things like that. And I mean, be creative, you know, um, be creative in where in where you hide your things, and, and uh, you'll be you'll be in good shape. Um, don't forget where you hid them. Well, don't forget where you <laughs> hid them, and don't and and don't put them in your air ducts. Uh, so oh, yeah, it's terrible it's, idea. Your air ducts, it's just it's just bad news for, yep. for everything. So um, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's about the extent of my advice with that. But yeah, it, uh, deception is often better than uh, better than resistance when it comes to yep. not when it comes to people not taking your stuff. Yep. You can almost put on the front of that eight hundred pound safe, no valuables inside, <laughs> and then another sign inside when they get in that says, "I told you, there's no valuables." I told you. Oh, yep. <laughs> like like every like every FedEx truck out there that says no cash on board. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move into some upcoming events. So we've got the uh, podcaster charity shoot coming up. Uh, it's hosted by Slamfire Radio, uh, July the fourth, twenty twenty, in uh, Balmoral. Uh, it's the Restagouche Gun Club. Uh, so camping's available. Uh, there is a steel challenge, 22 pistol, 22 rifle, PPC or pistol, uh, steel pistol. Uh, what else we got here? Trap and uh, fun shoot. Uh, there'll be a Stop the Bleed course put on by, I believe it's Gavin from uh, Canadian Patriot Podcast. And the charity is still to be determined. Uh, the Angels Prepper Meetup is coming up second week of July. It's in Desborough, Ontario. We're talking about that again already, man. That was yeah, I know. It felt like it was just months ago that we were that we were there. Um, so that's always a good time, and there's all kinds of awesome stuff happening there. More details to follow. Perhaps we'll actually get the hosts on board before or on the uh, on the podcast before it happens. So yeah, that'll be good. Uh, keep your uh, keep your eyes open for details on that, but make make a plan to get out there. Um, coming up just before that, and in far closer time is uh, emergency preparedness week which is coming up on uh, the week the week of may 3rd to 9th uh so be prepared for me to nerd out to that for that episode <laughs> and we've got uh tatcom canada 2020 it's coming up uh, september 11th to the 13th uh, so the acadian pro gun podcasters network will be in attendance at uh, tatcom 2020 uh, your favorite podcasters will be on hand throughout the show, so make sure you stop by the booth to meet your favorites and pick up some swag or uh, drop by. We'll, we'll, be there. we'll be there too. Yes, we will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <so> drop by. <laughs> uh, we do our special broadcast. We'll be talking to event organizers, guest speakers, and vendors about all their new and must-have products. Uh, you can see details for the show at tacomcanada.com. And uh, stay tuned for ticket release details. Uh, and just an FYI, on the website, uh, prepperpodcast.ca, there is a link to uh, TACCOM, uh, and we get uh, a little bit of a kickback for ticket sales, which will help uh, 
keep the lights on. So if uh, you do plan on buying tickets, if you don't mind uh, using the link on the website, that'd be greatly appreciated. I think you get a bit of a discount. So buy, your ticket, that link, so. buy your tickets, CanadianPrepperPodcast.ca. PrepperPodcast.ca. And uh, if you do one. come Prepper- by, make sure, make sure to give Ian a rough time about not being on episode number 50. Not that it's a big deal. Make sure to give you a rough time in general. It's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, let's move into some shout-outs. Uh, so. uh, I got nothing this week. Um, sorry, that's not true. I have uh, I have a shout out to some unnamed uh, new friends from Alabama who uh, sent a sent a jar of moonshine back up to uh, back up to us here in the in the chilly north, and it's um, it's delicious. Nice. That's all I'm going to say about it. Apricot <laughs> moonshine, who knew? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought that would be a good thing, but uh, oh, I, apparently it is. <clears throat> it is. I got no complaints at all. Uh, Ian had somebody on here, but we'll leave them for next week. Yeah, we'll let him do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a shout out for this uh, this week, Tyler. Anything? I've got nothing. Nope. All right. Well, no shout outs for anybody this week. Maybe next. Sorry, week. guys. <laughs> email in. Get a shout out. Yeah. So uh, speaking of email, uh, we'll move into uh, email and iTunes reviews. Uh, so we do have an email here that uh, Ian has uh, mentioned. Says it's uh, from Susan. It says hello, uh, great podcast. Uh, I've been listening since uh, last spring and I've taken uh, a lot of the show's prepping subject matter to good use. Uh, my VPN app Luna allows me to pick regions in the world with uh, less traffic, like Indonesia. Uh, my long-term prep uh, project is solar battery charger, uh, also microgreens, uh, vertical growth systems. Uh, that's thanks. pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and uh, and good point on finding a VPN that's got uh, some less traffic. A um, little bit of a distance in Indonesia, you're going to see some uh, some speed decrease there, but it might make up for the the less traffic. So, and uh, you're definitely going to not to be pinpointed to your actual location. So, unless you are actually in Indonesia, but hey, then if you're, if you're actually in Indonesia, you probably don't need a VPN. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, uh, and actually, I think Ian noted that there was a listener in Indonesia last episode. If I remember I correctly, that, yeah. So is, uh, yeah, we need so. to learn more about that. Yeah, so uh, I'm thinking that uh, this might be our listener using the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, mm, coincidence. Oh, well. uh, and f- as far as iTunes reviews go, we don't have any new written ones uh, recently, but we are up to 39 five stars. We've got uh, three four stars, two three stars, and we've still got that one little guy with a one one star. Well, that's our, all right. It's keeping us honest. You know, even, even the best marksman must miss once in a while. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still want to know who put that one one star in. Eight it was three. actually me just to mess with you. Oh, good, cool, perfect, excellent. <laughs> we'll just keep it. <laughs> All right, well, with that, I will bring episode number 50 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Uh, please help us out. Take a few minutes, submit a review, as long as it's not a one star. Uh, it helps other people find us. You can also find us at prepperpodcast.ca and on Facebook. We do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the show, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast, and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we are going live. You can also be found on our Facebook page, the Canadian Prepper Podcast. Uh, if you want to contact me directly, you can find me on Instagram at PPSWO. And if you got any questions or advice for me, uh, just go ahead and email into the show at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. 
And if you want to uh, get a hold of Ian and give him a rough time about not being around for episode number 50, you can email him at uh, theislandretreat at gmail.com. There you go, Ian. Yes, there you go. Enjoy the hate mail. Uh, <laughs> and uh, for myself, you can check out uh, rapidsurvival.com. You can get me there on the live chat uh, where you're buying some prepper gear. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, tune in for the next episode. We're going to be talking about DEFCON 1. Oh, bum, going to be a good one. Uh, until next time, uh, be prepared, stay safe. And keep learning. <laughs>